This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. That was loud. Is it? Uh, Ohio. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. This is actually kind of late at night. And since I do this podcast at my crib, I decided to have the lady back on again. Hi. You know, when we do these podcasts, it's interesting because I, I, I generally don't know what direction to go mm. when I do this, right? Mm. But I feel like the direction that I should take when it comes to you, mm-hmm. and I don't know why this podcast is becoming more and more like this, but it seems to be more and more about relationships and how, how like having to deal with like social situations. Hmm. So I, I have you on because, oh, by the way, this Winnie the Pooh pillow that I have next to me is, a, <laughs> is something that I got for her. And you look like him right now with that red shirt. Oh, because he's yellow and I'm Asian? <laughs> you racist. How can I be racist? Racist. I don't care. You're internally racist. It's cute. I have this covered because I don't want to show my penis. But um, every <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I know that uh, well, actually, this was something that somebody sent, um, and they they kind of wrote. Uh, they were asking how to be vulnerable with your with your partner or the person that you're with. Hoy. <laughs> Why? Why is that a hoy? Because it's it's hard. I mean, we went through a lot to open up each other and. Till this day, I think it's pretty hard. We've learned. For you? I think so. It's just opening, talking about your feelings is one thing, but how to express that so that the partner understands rather than getting emotionally attacked or like misunderstanding is hard. Yeah. I mean, well, this person kind of, uh, I don't have my phone next to me. Oh, actually I do, but I'm too lazy to look through it. <laughs> but they were, they were saying that it's hard for them to open up to their partner and the other person is really hard to open up to them. You know, I have a, I have a friend too who I just saw not too long ago. And um, she was at telling me about her problems with with her current boyfriend. Number one, they are they are years they're like ten years apart or something, right? Mm. Um, I might have had that number wrong, but they it's it's for them it's very difficult because number one they're too they're too similar. Mm-hmm. So how they approach um, how they communicate with each other is the exact same, mm. but not in the exact same, like they clash, they, they clash because they think the same, but in the sense that both of them don't like to open up to each other. That's and tough. so they kind of just expect things to fall into place. Yeah. And so what she was telling me was that they, they have this problem of, they just, everything is very surface, mm-hmm. right? Or when there are problems, none of them open up to each other. So things kind of come out passive aggressively. Yeah. So, for example, do you remember when we first started going out? And I always like to mention this because I think... Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the fact that you... I don't know if this has to do with vulnerability. But 
one of the one of the behaviors that I really didn't like that I think that you probably had an issue with when we first started was uh, passive aggressiveness. Uh huh. Right, because you said that you didn't you didn't like getting angry. Yeah, but I would bring it up in a different way. Yeah, that's well. To be fair, I would say it's not common to have someone to uh, make you feel so sensitive about everything that you sometimes you just don't know how to take that in, understand, and execute what you need to do. And I well, think that how, how would how would I make you feel sensitive? It's just you know certain things that friends would say. It doesn't bother me, but when you say it, it's like a whole different meaning. It's just like all these questions coming to my head. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, what does he mean by that? Does he not like me anymore? Does like, is he judging me now? Like, you know, there's just so many questions that comes around. It's just like, Mariel, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know, but what is his emotion? It's just like starts gathering up and all these like emotions just come in and out. And at that moment, you just don't know what to do. And you're just like agitated because you can't figure it out. And I think that's what happened to me is that it's not that I want to be I can't express being mad. It's just I didn't know what to do. And so it there was it just came out in a different way. It, it was weird because I, you know, because we're very expressive people, right? Mm. Especially when it came to joy. And, you know, when we first started going out, everything is very happy. It's, it's, it's very much that honeymoon phase. And when you're in that honeymoon phase, everything is just when you walk around, it's a beautiful morning. <laughs> You know, it's a lot of land. Yeah, we're walking through Skid Row, and all of a sudden, we just see this dandelion in the cracks. Like, look at this beautiful flower in this crack. It smells Ooh. like jasmine. I know it smells like flowers over here. Look at that bumpus. Well, that person had to go. It's okay. It's beautiful. You know, but you know, as we, you know, do you remember when we first started going out? How you, how I said, what could possibly go wrong with us? What do we fight about? We're always so happy. And I laughed in your face. That was so funny to me. That's what I mean. It's just, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that a person would make me feel so angry and so sad and so happy. Like you were the first one who actually made me feel that way. Oh, but thank you. <laughs> but it took a while and I'm really glad that you had the patience to walk with me on this, just how to emote that expression because it was very it, it was super I mean, it was hard for you. It was it was hard for me. And I think because your family and my family are they're very different, right? So mm. you've you've been around my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. They're so expressive. Mm -hmm. They don't really hide their feelings at all. You know, mm -hmm. if my mom is upset, if my mom is happy, it's mm -hmm. it's riddled all over her mm -hmm. face. And she doesn't, even her passive aggressiveness isn't really that passive. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fucking aggressive, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So until this day, you parents, when they get into argument, they express it. Yeah. Where my family doesn't really do that. I don't think, I mean, they used to, but I think they figure I, it's just a different way to cope. It's like your parents, they need to say it to let it out whereas my parents is like they need alone time to yeah. let the heat go down there was a funny moment where um so mariel was a very hard person for to, to figure out <laughs> number one she didn't have the um like long-term relationship experience. So she dated a lot, but she didn't have a, like a boyfriend, boyfriend at this time when I met her. Mm -mm. Now, mind you, like I, I, you know, when I first saw her, I was, you know, I was kind of smitten. I thought she was this super fun girl, was, is. She is this super fun girl. <laughs> I'm glad you corrected that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to get my ass beat up this podcast. <laughs> uh, super fun girl, just very easygoing, 
um, which she is, and you know, she was then and she still is now. But the thing that I wasn't prepared for now, mind you, I don't know. I, I, when she told me that she didn't actually have a boyfriend or a very serious relationship before, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't something that I was expecting, mm-hmm. right? And what I guess, you expect? no, I just thought that you've dated at least somebody, but or you like you had a serious relationship before, you know. And, and mind you, like, I met you when I was what 26, and you were what 25 around yeah, there. Yeah. So you were 25, I was 26. We were. Oh, I see. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I had more of a lightweighted relationship. Yeah. And so I didn't know what to expect and all the things that came with that package, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that I had to have the patience to understand that number one, a lot of the first stuff, yeah. a lot of the first relationship stuff you didn't experience. Yeah. And so. You know, I, f- I felt that I kind of was ill-prepared uh-huh. in that sense because you didn't know, like, for example, you you didn't even have your first couple fight yet. You didn't have... No, there you, was nothing, none of those. You never had your, your the first boyfriend give you flowers, the first anniversary, the first month thing. There was a lot of things that you didn't do that I had to re-experience. It felt like I was in high school again, you know, in a good and bad way at the same time because <laughs> a, a part of me was kind of like, Ugh, because I've already did, really? I've done this a bit. Bec- but... Only because I felt bad that it didn't feel, it felt amazing and it was great because it was with you, but I felt like I couldn't match that same energy because I, it was, your, it, was it was truly your first first, uh-huh. you know? And I, and sometimes I felt like I would ruin those experiences because um, mm. it wasn't, it wasn't maybe what you, I couldn't match the expectation that you had for what you wanted in that first experience. I felt like you did well. I don't, I can't recall anything that was like disappointing for anything of our first. Like, you know, I've always wanted to go to Disneyland with my like serious relationship guy. And you happen to be that person. Oh God, our Disneyland. That was so fun. Little did I know that wasn't going to happen again. (laughs) No, we went a lot though. We did. We went like seven times at least. We did. It wasn't, I mean, I'm glad that we did that when we were younger because if I, because we went from like morning till midnight, right? Till it closed. Yeah. And it was New Year's Eve and it was super crowded. Oh, that was the first time was New Year's Eve, Yeah, it was so crowded and I don't know how we walked all day because- And I was hella fat too. You were you were on in the midst of losing weight. You were bigger back then. You're skinnier oh, now. Sure. But yeah, like I that was that was an amazing day and that was the day where I told my people be like, "Hey, you know, it's who who my boyfriend is." And um I mean, I wouldn't able to do that now if you asked me or if I asked you, like, there's no way that was going to happen. Disneyland was such a weird thing for me. And I've and I mentioned <laughs> this before on JK News where the way she experiences Disneyland and the way that I experience Disneyland are two fucking different things. It's, it's like my childhood playground. I know it's your childhood playground. But for <laughs> me, I can't wrap my head around the fact of, number one, you've been there 4,000 times. Why does it feel like you've never been there before every time you walk in? You, bec- I think it's this thing. It's this fantasy of you go in and you're not this adult with lots of responsibilities you go in as a kid and kid who has this fantasy of it you know these fairies and imaginations and just like going back into your childhood memory that's what it feels like to me like i'm going inside a dream that's insane i always say this (laughs) i remember when i walked in 
and <laughs> I walked in and I saw this girl. She just like skipping around with like I feel like when you go to Disneyland, uh-huh. what happened? Like you walk in and then what you picture uh-huh. is Goofy comes up to you, goes, <laughs> "Gorsh, hi there, Burial." And then Tinkerbell comes down. She boops you on the yeah. nose. Boop, hello. And then she flies away, uh-huh. and you're like, "Hello, Tinkerbell." And then that's your reality. Those are your goggles. And then for me, I see chip paint, old paint, baby crying, couple fighting over here, really? all these crowds like pushing. But then me. you have your Disney childhood. So don't you want like to be? But Disney, yeah. But Disneyland wasn't a part of my childhood, though. Disney was. Yeah. So you see that happening, like embracing it and being like, "Oh, this is so magical." Yeah, but I didn't have that connection like you had, like you had with Disney, because mm. my thing was, yeah, I saw Aladdin, I saw Lion King, I saw uh, Sword in the Stone. Like yeah. these were, I mean, they were childhood films, but I didn't sit there and just, you know, if it, if there was like a Ninja Turtle world, I bet you <laughs> I, I freaked the fuck out. Really? Yeah. But then huh. they would have to put that in a sewer, so it might smell a little bit. So I don't know about that. That's gross. But for you, yeah, I don't have that same experience. Well, I think it's also because I worked there when I was in high school. And I don't know, middle school, like my parents used to take me there with my friends. And it was, you know, cheaper back then. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, I worked there. So there's a lot of memory that comes with it. But I think... Yeah, it's just the whole like childhood memory, just going inside. It's like a dream. It's like you open a closet and it's like all of a sudden you're in a different world. You used to get it's like Chronicles of Narnia. I, I mean, just to go back to the whole being vulnerable thing, I think that you would take anything with Disney to heart. For example, do you remember when I had, I, first of all, we had this, it, it was this weird feeling because we went to Disneyland. This is the last time we went to Disneyland. I, ha- I was sick with a fever. Huh? Remember, I was sick with the fever. We took a picture or whatever. And I thought we were having a good time to the best of my ability. I thought we were having a good time to the best of my ability. And after we, I mean, I felt something was a little off. And then on the, on the car ride home, I asked you, I was like, I was like, Hey, I actually had a pretty good time. And you go, Hey, and and I was looking at you like, what do you mean? And I had a good time. And you're, you just, you just. You know, you just didn't seem as happy as I wanted you to be. I was like, what do you mean happy as I... I'm tr- let me enjoy Disney the way I want to enjoy Disney. Why well, have to enjoy Disney the way you want me to? Because I want to skip around and you were just like... With a nah. fever. Well, we didn't know you had a fever. You were getting better. If you had fever, we could have stayed home. I did. You knew I was sick before we left. We thought you were getting better. And I was. And I started getting better towards the last like couple hours. Well, either way, because uh, when I go to Disneyland, you know, usually with my girlfriends or whoever, like we just skip around. I mean, you see John's girlfriend and like she skips around, twirls around, just have a great time. Yeah, but you guys are you guys are sick freaks. Like, no. Well, that's your girl, man. <laughs> I yeah. guess it's a remnants in the family. You guys like that. I mean, you're just sitting around spinning. When we were in Paris, it's too, so we went fun. to Paris Disneyland. It was raining. And then she <laughs> she goes, can you record me? <laughs> like, what do you mean? With that voice. You. Can you record me? I was like, doing what? She goes, I'm going to spin. <laughs> so I had this, I'm recording her. She's just like, la, 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 la. It was fun. In my, French people it's so funny you, because in my me. world, in my imagination, I was like jumping around really high, like singing in the rain. And then look at the video. <laughs> You look crazy. I look like I have a huge hump on my back and just like oink, oink, oink. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean. But, you know, I have to say that recently it's just been, it's been kind of different. I don't know why. I think it's because that time I was my first time working at Disney. It was, everything was first. Yeah. Like I was working, I was going in there as 
an employee um, working at the studio. Mm-hmm. And I think there was this butterfly of like everything being first. I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. As a, you know, employee and then bringing my friends or family for free, all the perks that you get out of it. Um, but this round, I don't know. I'm more like, I feel like I'm a little bit retired from that. You feel like you're retired from Disney? I still love going there, but I'm not as energetic. That's Maybe crazy. it's because I'm aging. I mean, that was, you know, to be fair, like four or five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so right now I'm like, I got to save my energy so I can. But that was also your you first know. with your first, you know, your very first serious boyfriend. You got to go to Disneyland. Yeah. That was something that you were dreaming about. And albeit I didn't meet your expectation of what you want, like a Disney boyfriend. I think you did well my first round when we went to Disneyland for the first time. But then yeah, the last round, I was just like, you know what? You know, he did it for the past four years. Yeah, and then you went with your friends and you found out, oh, maybe I'm not even into it as much as I used to be. Yeah, I got old. <laughs> <laughs> I aged. But, uh, but to go back to being, you know, the whole Sorry, vulnerable we're thing. we're going off track yeah, here. <laughs> we're going on tangent, but, you know, being vulnerable with you was very hard. And I Was think, it hard for you? Oh, yeah, it was super hard, specifically because um, you've never felt what it felt. You don't know what it feels like to be in love. Dumb. Oh. like <laughs> sorry it's so off yeah, that was way off but <laughs> you dumped don't, uh like no. to, to have your heart broken and even even geo doesn't know what it's like to be dumb she's never been dumped before Damn. now mind you i've only i'm on the same level as geo huh. Ooh, okay. sorry okay. oh shut up <laughs> she's not that great but we when i when i when i was let's see how old was i was I 19 years old so uh, when i was 19 years old i had my very first heartbreak i got dumped for the very first time in my life Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because during that moment when you get your heart broken right and that everything in the especially as a 19 year old kid everything at that moment feels like hell Mm. like this feeling of having your heart broken will it that moment will never pass it Mm. just won't pass it's Mm. impossible every day you wake up and you open your eyes and you don't want to open your eyes anymore like i remember laying in bed crying my eyes out because this woman left me but you know and the reason why was because during that time you know i i went through this whole period of having a very low Uh self-esteem right um i i mean we can go into a litany of, of of reasons why but she at that time because i didn't really value myself as a person and i didn't know who i was what i was doing um who i wanted to be i kind of put my whole existence into this girl uh so if that's a very bad start of course and i was young at the time too so if she told me i was worth something i was worth something if she told me i was a good person i'm a good person if she said i was a bad person i was a bad person and i just i was so emotionally volatile at the time why were you like that before you met her like why is it that you didn't have yourself like a confident identity i just i just didn't like myself i didn't like you didn't like yourself. I don't think I liked myself. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I, I had, you know, trouble in my household because, you know, I wasn't like my older brother. My brother was very academic. He did really well in school. I did terrible in school, albeit I did really well on my SATs, but that was the only accomplishment that I had in school. Mm-hmm. You know, when you graduated high school and mm-hmm. people would have all these like tassels and the, I had yeah. nothing. And my brother had a bunch of sashes. I had absolutely nothing. I just wanted to get the hell out of high school. Mm-hmm. And so when, when this girl came around and mind you, she was, well, I could considered her my best friend as a girl my girl best friend she was everything to me like mm-hmm. she could 
having her around made me feel good. And so I chased that feeling. Uh-huh. And so when she was around, I was happy. And I and for me, I, I wanted to hold on to that happiness so hard. Mm. So I didn't want her to go anywhere. I was the worst type of boyfriend ever. I was extremely jealous. Clingy. I was very clingy. I wanted to talk to her on the phone like four or five hours a night, you know. And when I left the college, so I went to UCR. She went to Davis at the time. And, um, you know, when I look back on it, I we don't have anything in common, really. Like she and I are com- two completely different people. Mm-hmm. But because she was my identity, she meant everything to me. So she went to U- I went to UCR. She went to Davis. And I hated I hated UCR. I didn't want to go there. Yeah. I hated it. So the only thing I could hold on to was that every night she and I would talk on the phone and she would make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And so when she broke up with me, my existence just my 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 identity shattered mm-hmm. because she was my identity, mm-hmm. which was the worst thing you could ever fucking do. I can't imagine what that's like because I've never not that I had like confidence in myself or anything, but to the fact that where you're hanging on to someone else so hard to have an identity. That sounds scary. Yeah. I mean, I was a 19-year-old kid with low self-esteem. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do, you know? <laughs> and she was the one that actually helped me feel better about myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. And so when she left and she decided to leave, and albeit she made a great choice, mm-hmm. um, it's like a part of me. I it, it If I would describe the physical feeling, the physical manifestation of what it felt like to be dumped at 19, mm-hmm. it was like somebody ripped my heart out of my chest and just had it sink into the bottom of my stomach. And it felt like my stomach was turning. Yeah, That's what it felt like. And I could still remember what that feels like today. How did and you cope with it? I listened to a lot of Brian McKnight. <laughs> Why do you think I know so much Brian McKnight? Yo, I know Brian McKnight songs because I got dumped so much. And that's how we clicked too. Remember on our first day, you turned it on and I was like, oh my gosh, I love that Which song. Which one was it? It was, I think you had Back at One, even though that's like your least favorite. Yeah. Because that's my favorite. <laughs> and the star back at one, yeah. No, we, it was 6812. Was it? No, I swear it was Back at One. It's undeniable that we should be together. That's back at one. Mm. Oh, that is right. (laughs) Yeah. Show off. Yeah. So we had, um, yeah. And so after she left me, I think number one, there was a couple of life life lessons that I had from that. Number Mm -hmm. one, I learned how big of a fucking loser I was. Mm -hmm. I learned that how much, the reason why I was a loser is because I put all of myself into some, into a woman or at the time a girl. For what? Like, what What would that have done? You know what I mean? She leaves. I'm left with nothing. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Bright Midnight, uh, Boys to Men. You know what? The song that I had spinning on Boys to Men was the most was... Um, uh, uh, on a perfect day, you know that I can count mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. That one. And you know how there's thunder and rain in the mm-hmm, back? And mm-hmm. I would just sit there crying <laughs> in my bed. <laughs> You loser! I know. Oh but my god, you're such an emo. Possible, tell me, can you Were you like the main character in K drama? Just like looking all handsome, crying. Because oh, I wasn't handsome. I was disgusting, <laughs> and I still am disgusting till this day. But I, then I was worse. And you um, don't look disgusting. Oh, thank you, sweetie. <laughs> she said, like, "You don't look disgusting because I date you, right?" I know. But I, I, I remember 
after that, I mean, just to fast forward, and we can we could talk about this part just because it hasn't, doesn't have anything to do with the topic of this podcast today. But being vulnerable after that was very hard because I was so scared uh, of feeling that way again. Yeah. You want to protect yourself. Of course. And I never, ever, 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 ever wanted to feel that way again. And so after I dated her, I dated other people who mm. just weren't my type. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to date somebody who wasn't my type, and I started dating anybody and everybody uh-huh. that would have me just because I told myself that this person was the one as an as a 18, 17, 16 year old boy. So I had a huge crush on her starting from sophomore year of high school. And I got the girl, my high school crush. I, I finally got her. Mm-hmm. So she was, I was like, I don't know who I am, mm-hmm. which means I don't know what I like. Mm-hmm. And I think this was really the, definitively the onslaught of me st- starting to invoke this thing in my life where I was like, you don't know what you like until you try it. Because I was so, I, I made my mind up yeah. so much to the point that I thought that this one type of girl was my person and she wasn't, I wasn't going to make that mistake again. So I decided to date anybody and anybody, mm-hmm. anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, you loser! Uh, well, that's not a that's I'm not a kidding. loser. What are you I'm talking about? I was like, you wanted to be a hoe. No, I wasn't a hoe. We just dated. You know, mind oh. you, I didn't, I didn't. You know this about me. I didn't sleep around a lot. It wasn't my thing, and I don't think a lot of women wanted to sleep with me at the time. So for me, it was just I would date, and then if the person wasn't somebody that I liked, I just kind of cut it off. I'd be like, oh, you know, we're you know we, we get along, but it's oh, it's so not you one. just wanted to date on the surface. Surface, or if it went further and then we hooked up, we did, but it wasn't, it wasn't the goal I had in mind. Uh I think comparatively to, to a lot of my guy friends, I wasn't as sexually active or sexually driven. So a lot of my friends, when they were younger, I think they would always talk about pussy, sex, getting girls, banging them, you know, them sucking your dicks and stuff. And for me, I would just sit there awkwardly just laughing like, ha, 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 <laughs> because I just wanted to fall in love. Oh, oh you know, I was a, a sappy cutie. boy. I wanted to fall in love. And so. Well, you found the right girl then. <laughs> how about you were the first girlfriend. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's dead to me. But um, no, she's a, she's a, she's a sweet girl. Hmm. But um, yeah, I, I just was so afraid of, of. Of being that way. Yeah. And then you are by far my number one, my my longest relationship. Sure. I think my it most. It should be the longest, it is, first of all. You, I said by far my longest relationship. Uh-huh. You're the longest relationship. You're the most successful. And you, I have, you are the one that I've been the happiest with. <gasps> really? Oh, for sure. That's why I'm still here. Yeah. And so having to go through the stage. And I didn't realize that. Since then, when I was 18 or 19, 20, whatever, uh-huh. or during those times that I was dating people, and I was just dropping, just kind of pushing people away. I didn't realize that I had this vulnerability barrier, mm. you know, and I started noticing this when um, a couple years down the line where I could, I mean, when I was next to you and I knew that I loved you, I could tell you that I love you. Uh-huh. Right. But you would ask me stuff like um, text me in the morning, you know, and, you know, I didn't want to text you in the morning. Like good morning. Good, I didn't want to do it. Uh huh. And the honest reason why is because, and when I look back at it now, is because it made me vulnerable. Why? Because I would have to show you this side that I care all the time, and it wasn't a card that I got to keep to myself. Like I'll show you how much I care when I want to, but if I have to do that, then I oh, that means that at this set moment in time, every time I wake up during the day, uh-huh. I have to show you how vulnerable I am. Good morning, sweetie. What? Was, that was hard for me. That was you never told me about this. Well, I only realized this probably maybe like a yearish or so ago, and because I couldn't, you know, there's times where I sit at night. You know, I have insomnia, and so I, uh-huh. I kind of think about these things. Like, yo, why couldn't I just do that? And I, you know, when I think back on it now, it's because I was just scared. Like, I didn't want to give you that because you're afraid I was going to dump you. Or that's really what it is. Because it's like you kind of give somebody when you're vulnerable, you give somebody this 
this this opening to yeah. hurt you. Yeah. And it's this fear of like, oh shit, am I gonna let this person do this again? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna have to be that eighteen that nineteen, twenty year old kid that was crying in his bed again? And that's the part that's scary. And I think that's also the scary part of marriage. That's the mm-hmm. scary part of committing to somebody and having these kids because you also have to commit to the fact that once this person takes your heart, takes everything with the takes everything with them, there's a chance that they might leave. What if yeah. they die? What if they, you know, th- yeah. these kind of things go through my head, but yeah. I kind of stopped myself from being, I kind of stopped opening myself to you in fear of what I was going to lose rather than focusing on what I had. Wow. I didn't know. I thought you were just open book. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, you were hard to get time to time. I'd be like, dude, just do it. And you'd be like, no, I'm like, why? Yeah, I couldn't do it. But I didn't know it was because you were afraid that you're going to get hurt. I mean, well, you, you, I think you were, you had issues with being vulnerable too. Oh yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you couldn't, like I said, you couldn't even get, you would pretend like you weren't mad. Well, I think, uh, that, I don't know if it's vulnerable. Maybe it is, but it was just a different door that I was never, that I never had to open up. You know, like I would never have to scream or yell at my parents. It's not like I have siblings. I never dealt with that kind of conflicts with friends, um, more or less because we don't have to go to that level. Um, so I think it's just more of like, I don't, first of all, I don't like yelling. I think that's just like very tiresome. And the fact that I had to do that, it felt, I guess so it is vulnerable because then it's just like, oh, I'm doing something that I just don't want to be part of. I mean, you, it, it was weird because I thought the the oddest thing about you when we first, when we were getting into fights was you arguably, when you were enraged and you felt sad, you wanted to cry, but you always wanted to hold back your tears because you didn't want, you didn't want yeah. to let me see you cry. Because yeah. I think that for you, it was like, if I let this guy see me cry, I'm going to show him that I'm weak. Yeah. Crying is a definitely my weak point. I hate crying. I hate crying in front of anyone. But then, yeah, if I show that I'm crying in front of you, ooh, felt like I lost the game. You know the first. You know I remember the first time you actually bawled in front of me. <laughs> Do you remember? <sighs> There's so many. So I don't <laughs> you didn't. You you actually don't bawl in front of me a lot. Oh, just like Terry, but no. No, this is you actually crying. You went. <laughs> <laughs> when was this? It was when we when I was living in the Cape Town spot. Uh-huh. And uh you already opened up to me the fact that you there was a period in your life where you gained a lot of weight and you didn't like your self-image. And this is mm-hmm. when I was bigger and I was trying to lose weight by doing macros. And you didn't understand what macros were. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you believed it in or not or or whatever. You didn't like my methodology. So I would put in my macros and I was losing weight through, you know, just managing my fat calories and whatever right Mm -hmm. and it was working here and there Mm -hmm. but then i was i don't know what happened with the way we were communicating back in the day but either way we got into an argument but i remember what the feeling that i took away from it from the argument was that you were making it difficult for me to really uh love myself and you were hurting my self-image and i remember what i said to you was that i was like you should know what it feels like to be overweight and not not like the way you look but however you felt then is how you make me feel when you talk to me about my weight and then you got really quiet and then you just started tearing up and you went "Ah," and you started bawling while you were laying in my bed oh my god i don't remember you don't remember this you were bawling and then you know after you were crying i couldn't figure out why you all said what the hell are you you crying (laughs) about did i make you feel bad about your weight yeah 
What? What was I saying? You just, I think you were just. And this was before, this is not when you were the biggest. No, this was like a year into our relationship. So, uh, and you just, I remember you were crying because you felt that you were being a bully and that mm. you were, you were kind of hurting my self image a lot. <laughs> and I remember you just bawling your eyes out. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. You were crying. That was the first time I ever saw you just full out cry in front of me. Holy cow. How come I don't remember this? But it must have been a really good girl to cry because I felt bad for being a bully that I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, you felt saying. really bad. But you've never, ever since then, you never really mentioned anything about my weight. You know, to tell you the truth, um, I grew up, my surround, like my friends or anyone... Yeah, my sur- my friends um, or the guys who I've dated, I have to say, I didn't have... Everybody was fairly active. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone who was big or... Um, just overweight. overweight. Overweight, just inactive, just didn't yeah. really care too much so about physical activity. Yeah. It was actually a shock that I was... With a fat guy? I was, <laughs> I was falling in love with this guy who I'm just like, I don't know if I'm... Honestly, I was like, I don't know if I'm physically attracted to this oh, guy. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, that hurts. But no. No, but that was true. That's no, it's what, true. It's true. I understand. Probably that's yeah. why it seeped out like that because I've never dated anyone who was overweight. So I was like, this is weird. I don't know why I'm still dating this guy because I think I really enjoyed your personality. Yeah. And I think that was most girls. <laughs> maybe. And I was trying to see like if I this is going to last. And honestly, yeah, I think that's what it is for both of us. Like for the first at least year or two, like we were seeing if we were a match for each other. Yeah. And the first year it was a struggle for me. I don't think I've ever told you, but like I was just not sure if I was going to be fully committed to this relationship because I don't know if I was attracted to you. Oh, really? Completely. What, what just because of the physical part? Yeah. Because physically, I just wasn't sure if I was attracted to you. Now it's a different story. Like I. Well, I guess like physically, if you didn't feel physically attracted to me, you sure as hell kissed me a lot. Not the first year. First year, yeah. Did I? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It was like slowly, gradually, as the more I got to know you, the more that didn't become apparent. The Did more. You, do you feel like? Uh, back then when you were younger, you were maybe a little bit too focused on looks. Shallow, yeah. A little shallow. I think so because I didn't know who you were. Yeah. I was getting to know you and I liked what I was seeing on the inside. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but it wasn't enough for me to not think about the physical attraction. Yeah. I feel a lot of people get weirded out when somebody says that. And for me, when you tell me that, like, I'm not even offended by that. And I understand because I think that sometimes when... Well, if you are, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's too late. We've been together for uh, such a long time. I know. But um, I feel like when people sometimes hear that, they, they, you know, they get disappointed in an individual who says things like that openly. But, you know, physical attraction is a huge part of being in a relationship. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. Some people, they go, it's never about looks. Cool. Well, that's for you. Some people, that physical attraction part matters. Mm-hmm. It matters. And I, it even matters for me, too. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Even though I look like a sea monster, I still wanted to be with a pretty person. You look like my Pooh Bear. Oh, now I do. I know. <laughs> you know, and I think for you, it's... Be- for me, I mean, I can't speak for you, but if, if I were to interpret it, it's because you were so active and you were so adamant about your health life. I mean, there was a certain point where you were just making all healthy recipes and it was something that made you happy and that was something that you couldn't share with me. Yeah. You know, and it probably made you sad too that there's mm-hmm. somebody who, like a representation of I, I, maybe for you, 
my my dedication or non-dedication to fitness was also representation that I didn't care about myself. Mm. And so, and I understand, and I didn't care about myself in that sense. Like mm-hmm. I didn't care enough about how being overweight was affecting me. You know, and, and even even now, you even know this too. And I didn't notice this until you mentioned it when when I lost even the first 30 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, my attitude was different. This round or? This round. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't know that. I didn't know how much, how... Man, you have no idea how I, how hard it was when you were at your max weight. When it was about two years ago now. Yeah. How come two? you never? Well, I guess it's hard to mention it, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, you cool. did mention it, but yeah, I did mention <laughs> it, but it wasn't. I think that year was probably one of the hardest. Emotionally, it was kind of hard because you were going through a lot with your career, and that yeah. was affecting your health. And I could clearly see the correlation between those two. And I was miserable. You were, yeah. And you were trying so many things. And like, I couldn't tell you to stop anything because I don't have an answer for you. And eating was your way to relieve your stress. And that, all I could do was just kind of be there for you because it, you weren't going to listen to anyone either way. You had to go through it, realize that what you what you like and when you don't like. And I was just there for you regardless. And it, it was kind of hard for me because I could see that you're going down with your health. And I was like concerned about that. But I think once you have realized it, you know, towards the end of the year, I did tell you like how I felt about, you know, how you're doing with your health and like your work and our quality time, like you rarely had time for us. And so I, you know, I could see that you were, be- you were becoming very weak and I couldn't become weak with you. I couldn't go along with that. Like I, someone yeah. had to be the stronger end. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I got to the point where it's like, I think we need to sit down and talk about this. Yeah. And what I realized is that even though that was your biggest weight, which if I look at it again right now, like it's just... It doesn't even look like me. It is amazing how much I did not see that too. Like I saw that you were gaining a lot of weight, but I didn't see you as like disgusting person. I saw you as like someone who's trying super hard to make things work. Yeah. And I wanted to be there for you. Yeah. And I realized that's when I hit me. I was like... I don't think I really care about like whether he's big or not. Like I just yeah. want to make sure that he's happy. You know, and when she says like disgusting too, it's not it's not be, you know like the fat what made me disgusting. It was my behavior, yeah. how I carried myself, my attitude. There was just a lot of things that were just going downhill, and yeah. I you mean, know I couldn't. Yeah. And even then too, it was hard for me to be vulnerable with you because I wanted to be a strong figure in your mm-hmm. life. You know, I wanted to be the strong boyfriend and I didn't want to show you that side either. And, you know, for me, to be honest with you, the person that probably helped me, I mean, you and v- Vanessa were the two p- biggest people that helped me lose the weight the most. Mm. Right. Cause Vanessa, if you guys don't know who Vanessa is, Vanessa is my, was my uh, former assistant. Um, Sweetest girl. So sweet. And she, I call her my assistant. She's like my baby sister. I, I love this girl t- to I love death. Her attitude. She, was one of those people that just had to, she had to deal with my shit the most. She and, was there throughout the whole thing. And there was a point where I was just giving her a paycheck just to help me, just to be around and just do shit for me. Uh-huh. Like I didn't need her to do it, but I was so, in, it was in such a rut. I just needed her to do yeah. it because I couldn't get out of bed. You were spread. And I was spread thin. so thin, you know, I was trying to do the acting. It was just, it was just so yeah. much. You know, and, and I knew that you didn't want to show your weakness of yeah. it. Like I know that you were tired, exhausted, but you didn't want to show that. So I'm just there, kind of just being there. Yeah, being your girlfriend, being the girl who you know you want to get out of that stress. So you know, you come to me or you come, you go to Vanessa, and mm-hmm. I just 
that's all I wanted to do for you. And that's yeah. all I could do. Yeah. Which was really hard. It was hard. I think it affected a lot of, well, you know, big, huge parts of our relationship. Like quality time was the hardest thing. I was just so distracted. I didn't, mm. and I was trying to distract myself with anything and everything to avoid the fact that I was gaining weight. I wasn't feeling good. And I just didn't, I didn't know what to do, mm. you know. And what that, hit you then to come to Well, I, I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but I listened to this podcast uh, with Joe Rogan where they had this guy named David Goggins on there. And David Goggins is this former Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, his story is insane, but basically he was 300 pounds. He was heavier <sighs> than I was. And he, he actually failed going into the military multiple times mm. and he his story was so inspiring mm-hmm. and i think the the thing that hit me the most was he, what he told me was you're not you're kind of just a, a lot of people just kind of race against other people but they never you know kind of race against themselves yeah so you're don't be the best that uh, what, what other tell, people tell you to be be the best that you can be mm-hmm. and then kind of measure yourself with that mm. and it was, and he kind of had this thought. It's like, are you happy? He goes, are you really happy? Mm-hmm. You know, are you happy being this person? You know, can you really live the rest of your life being this human being? And you know, you, uh-huh. what are the things that you're going to do to make it happen and change? Mm-hmm. And if you are truly happy with it, then why, you know, what are all these things that are making you feel this way? Yeah. And I just, you know, something about the way that he spoke to me and I, you know, he's, he's very harsh. I think he's a maniac, but, (laughs) and it doesn't work for everybody else, but that's Mm -hmm. how I communicate. So it worked well with me. What's crazy is that I think there are a lot of friends who are concerned, including myself and kind of talk to you, but this random stranger is the one who inspired you and it clicked in your head. Be like, okay, I need to change my life. And you listen to his podcast is it what it, it was is? it was his podcast on the joe rogan podcast every single day, day. i listened to that podcast you worship that podcast i i listened to that singular podcast every day when i walked four to five miles a day um for almost three months it's almost like why even bother <laughs> just get a random strangers well he's not a random his story was so inspiring you know and it reminded mm-hmm. me of myself and how much i didn't like myself so and i was just kidding about that but it's yeah. kind of crazy how, I mean, that person has probably has no idea how he almost, he pro- basically saved your life. For sure. You know? He has no idea. Um, we, we, it, it's the ripple effect that he had. I mean, he, he's probably done it for a lot of people. And I know ne- I would have never thought either that this stranger on a podcast could have done that for me. A hundred percent. I would have never thought that, but it's kind of crazy how life works that way. Right. I know how sometimes it just hits you like no. that. And you know. You yeah, the first thirty pounds you lost your weight, you changed a lot. Thank goodness, yeah. you were becoming happier. You just started seeing the the positive side of the world, um, you know. And he's the most grateful thing that I have is that we have a similar diet now. <laughs> yeah. No more like eating five to seven tacos every night. Oh God, I ate so many tacos, dude. That was insane. I could it's done delicious. it once, but like you were doing it every night, and now it's like. Shabu shabu. Yeah, I hated well, shabu shabu. And now I well, love you know, it. Well, you know, it's 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 the people are like, oh, well, you only eat healthy food. No, I eat the stuff that I want. I mean, obviously, I still want to lose another like twenty pounds, but you know what I have to forego in order to lose those twenty pounds is a lot. I'm not sure if I'm that interested in it, mm-hmm. but um, it's more of like a fun goal for me now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's if I do do it, it's because I'm dedicated. Because now it's a challenge. The other stuff happened. Yeah. Me losing weight happened. 
because not so much that I was proactive in losing weight. I was just more proactive in eating better things because it made me feel good. Yeah. Vegetables, fruits, yeah. whole foods. I didn't eat it because, you know, um, it was going to help me lose weight. Yeah. I ate it because it made me feel fucking amazing. Yeah. And it like you want to eat it. It's not that, oh, my God, I have to eat this. To lose weight. Yeah. It's more like I crave Crave for those kale and crave for those. Yeah, it's so I would have never, beef. I never th- would have thought that, that I would crave healthier food. <laughs> like I crave it. Like I crave yes. it. Like when I was fat, I would crave a fat burger. Uh-huh. Like that's how much I crave fruits. That's how much I crave um, vegetables, uh-huh. you know, just veggies and meats and then, you know, simple carbs yes. because of how it yes. makes me feel after and how I feel when I wake up, mm-hmm. which is such an odd thing. And I would have never said that. And every time somebody told me that, I go, you have been poisoned. Your mind has been poisoned. I don't know what you're talking about. Hamburgers are good. You sick, sick human being. Hamburgers are good. I just had a hamburger that you made this week yeah, and, and it's freaking good, but I can't have that every day. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to crave for those fibers and veggies. Yeah, you start to chase a feeling of, I don't want to say health. It's just feeling good. That's that's yeah. really what it is. You just feel better. I think another thing is, that, one other thing is that we are getting older. And I think our body is not as, you know, tolerable with all the junk food. And we're just liking, we're, we just like these organic vegetables, you know, the natural ones and our body is just telling us what they like. I think so personally. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with age. It's just us allowing ourselves to really be in tune with our body, right? So yeah. I was never in tune with my body. I, mean, I was like, diarrhea, that should happen five times a week maybe. you know. But Gross. I was just super out of shape. And even now, I'm, I'm not in the best shape of my life. I'm just a lot better. I was just that bad. And yeah. I don't want anybody to feel... I've been fat my whole life. And so sometimes I get, I get, you know, some, some bigger people, when they hear this, they go, oh, well, you know, skinny is not better than fat. Like nobody's saying that. No. It's you know, just, I'm, I'm talking about strictly from a health purpose. Yeah. You know, if we're, if we're having this conversation based on um, how you feel about yourself personally and what media and society does, that's a completely different conversation. We, that's another podcast. I'm just telling people about how choosing to be healthier helped improve my mood, helped improve my sleep, mm-hmm. helped improve my relationship. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that happened with this and it had nothing to do with me wanting to look good. I, You could even ask Mariel right now. I legitimately thought I looked fucking cute all the time. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You would not listen to anyone. I'm like, this guy is just full of himself. I'll let him be. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, some people wear their weight very well. I did not wear my weight very well at all. Like I just, I just didn't, I, ne- I never really cared to talk shit about myself and that maybe has to go back to how back in the day I had low self-esteem and I switched that with a mental flip and I just kept that energy going and so no matter what if I gain weight if I just woke up in a tank top and flip-flops and socks and shorts and basketball I just always thought I looked good um, in no matter what setting and it kind of at a certain point started becoming uh, detrimental because I was 270 pounds almost That's and insane. I was just in pain and I just ignored it because I thought I was fine yeah and you hated walking. Oh, I hate walking. That was walking, so hard. Yeah. That you hated walking. You just lay in bed all day. I was like, dude, this guy. <laughs> You're going to hyper. Hi- what? Oh, I forgot. Sorry. What it's too we? late. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just stopped working yeah. for a second. Um, but now look at you. Like, you love walking. You yeah, love- I genuinely love walking. I love it. Like, I, it makes I, me feel good. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Well, guys, um, well, I hope that kind of, what, I don't know if it really answered anything about. We didn't really talk well, about. Well, let's, let's just kind of wrap this up. It's like, how, how do you, you know, end up, 
you know, being vulnerable with your partner. It's just allowing yourself to be hurt and also allowing yourself to be happy. That's mm-hmm. that's basically what it is. It, they go hand in hand. We should do part two of this. I mean, for sure. <laughs> I mean, they go hand in hand. And that's the thing that you really can't avoid. It's just if you're open. If you're open to feeling this great amount of love and happiness, you have you're gonna be also opening yourself to be hurt, and that's life. And a lot of people want to delete that part of their life. They want to mm-hmm. say, "I want to be happy without feeling sad," mm-hmm. and that's like saying, "I want the sun to rise but never to go down." It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, sometimes you just need to go for it, and knowing that it might not come back as what you want, but you at least you know that you tried. Yeah, and you know to. To what a lot of people say, or I feel that a lot of people say, they go, well, what if it happens again? What if I get hurt again? That's life, homie. I know. That's life. That's You're, that's, you're not special. That happens to everybody. Anybody who is open to being in a relationship, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like if you're driving out there, you get into an accident, are you never going to drive again? True. It's, it's oh, gonna, yeah, true. You know, it's going to happen, but you take that leap of faith that it's going to be king or do your best to not get into an accident. And you'll get to your destination sooner or later. Yeah. Well, guys, that concludes this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast where we talked about uh, being vulnerable with your partner. Man, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, when it comes to relationship stuff, I probably bring Mariel on again because she is my my life partner. So, um, Life partner. So, guys, uh, remember, uh, <laughs> you can go to iTunes and uh, give us that five star. If you're on Spotify, CastBox, whatever, we're there to, to be with you on your commute and just to chop it up. I don't know what, what the topics really are going to be until like two minutes before this stuff. But uh, hope mm. you guys enjoy this podcast and uh, I will see you all next time. Bye bye. Peace.